0: Welcome back to Sports Day WA on this uh, Tuesday. Great to have your company, and I'm really excited about our special guest. Uh, She has taken the time to come to our premises and our studios here at Optus Stadium. It's certainly an individual, and I heard the news that she was going to bow out as the chief executive of the West Australian Cricket Association. I was a bit sort of taken back in a sense because I know personally I've respected this individual for what she has done for cricket. I've spoken to a lot of people within the industry that have just lauded her for her initiatives and changing the fortunes of WA Cricket around. And deep down inside, she's been a good person to deal with. Very rarely does she knock back an opportunity to promote the West Australian Cricket Association. So after 12 years, on the 28th of next month, being March Christina Matthews bows out as the CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association and she joins me in the studio. Christina, thanks for your time.
1: Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here
0: again. Can I say congratulations on a stellar career with the WACA?
1: Well, thank you very much. It's been a wonderful journey um, with highs and lows, um, but you can't ask for much more than being part of something you've loved your whole life, so it's great.
0: How do you think you'll feel on March the 28th?
1: Um, well, nervous because it's our awards night, so uh, I don't know what the staff have got planned for me. <laughs> um, I, I imagine kind of the next day, which happens to be Good Friday, I'll kind of sit there and go, oh, I'm not going back to work anymore. Um, but you know, I'm really comfortable with the decision I've made. I made it in the light of knowing, um, how much more I had to give, which wasn't too much mm. and, um, knowing it was time for, for someone else to take over.
0: When did you make this decision? I gather you would have thought it through for a considerable period of time.
1: Yeah, probably um, after last season. So around about uh, April, May, I started to think about what I should be doing and um, uh, probably made the decision um, firmly three months before I announced it.
0: So now you look back on your career, you came over when WA Cricket was really on its knees. Can you take us back 12 years when you got the job as the Chief Executive officer of the West Australian Cricket Association? The silverware wasn't coming our way. After we were used to it during the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, it dried up. And you came here and WA Cricket was struggling. How did you find the whacker then?
1: Well, I mean, I... Didn't really know um, how things were inside the organisation until I I got here. I did have a funny situation where uh, Stuart Clark came into my office at Cricket New South Wales once he heard that I was coming over here and just said to me, you know, they're a mess. And I went, no, I didn't, but thank you very much. Um, Stuart has a tendency to just be quite blunt. Um, But I really didn't know what was meant by that.
0: Was it a mess?
1: Well, it was different to what I expected and it was different to what I'd experienced before. And, and there was a whole range of things, like... Uh, uh To be fair to the organisation, they'd come through a period of financial hardship in the early 2000s. Um, I think uh, when uh, David Williams and Dennis Silly came over in, taking over from uh, Brian Rakich and others, the organisation only had $500 in the bank. There was a $12 million debt. So they had to work hard. Um, And they did. And and I was fortunate came in and we had $15 million in the bank. But they hadn't got to the stage yet where they started to fix some of the infrastructure problems Um, The nets had holes in them, Um, the gym was non-existent, the medical room was third world uh, at best. So there was a reason why things were the way they were. Um, So I got the the luxury of of being able to start using some of that money to make the facilities better for the players and staff, which then allows you to have a little bit more accountability on, on staff and players when you're providing them with the tools they need to be good at what they do.
0: It's interesting, the WAC, uh, and I've been involved in the media a, long, a lot of time, there's a lot of committees. There was a lot of committees at the WAC. I think it was three committees, one running, running club cricket, one running state cricket. Anyway, it was a men's domain. You took over from Graham Woods. Yeah. What was the initial reaction that you are getting? Christina Matthews, what, a woman's taking over. Did you get that at all?
1: Well, uh, I did find out later, so that's what some of the staff... Um, uh, said but it uh, turns out they were staff who worried their jobs are at risk mm. um, and they were right to be worried um, and, uh, but yeah there was um, again the previous regime had done a lot of work on um, in getting to that point of paying off the debt and whatever in streamlining the organisation so um, uh, we had a very good affiliate set up which we've been able to build on but there were too many committees and I think there still are whether it's football or cricket um I think sports found it hard to move from the volunteer world into the professional world, and they still tend to think that the volunteers have, have much more idea about what should happen rather than the people who are in the job day-to-day. So, um, uh, you know, we removed a, a number of um, committees because my view at the time was if X isn't happening, I need to be accountable for that, not a volunteer who comes in and and makes decisions. And I I felt it was better for the staff to know that the responsibility started and stopped with them. Mm. So if we didn't deliver, we knew where to go um, to address it.
0: Were there disciplinary issues at the WACA when you took over? Did you have to sit down a lot of staff and basically look them in the eye and say, this is the way it's going to happen? This is what we're going to be doing?
1: I think um, there hadn't been a mentality of planning for the future. It was very much working in the moment Um, and our players and staff had, had probably at different times not behaved Um, Well, um, there was the famous incident um, before I started, but I had been appointed where the staff were drinking on the pitch before an Indian Test
0: match, and there was a photo taken of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know that tended to be pushed to the side. But having been in the game for a long time, it's just something you never do. You don't go near a Test wicket, um, you know, for social reasons in the in the lead up to a Test. So things like that, I don't think they'd been educated on. So it was a matter of. educating and, and obviously some people want to buy into that, some people don't. Um, and some people we move on, others self-selected. But, you know, I think that's the same with any new person. They come in and they want people around them who are going to buy into their um, vision. Um, I always gave the, the um, in this case, the staff an opportunity to be part of what that vision was going to be. And once we've done that, then they're accountable um, to that, the values and the behaviours put in place. And um, so it wasn't like a, I came in and, and just went bang, bang, bang. People have an opportunity to buy in or not. Um, and over time, and that, to be honest, as a CEO, that never stops. It's not like you you, you move towards a good culture and then you don't do anything for 10 years. It's a day-in, day-out proposition, reminding people of expectations. People slip there, you know, like happens in every, every workplace. And our players... Um, I think – I guess I got some weird calls from people who who had been in charge um, prior to getting – telling me that, you know, players, you know, were out drinking on drugs or or whatever. Um, Reading the CEO. Yeah. And um, my view was, well, if you haven't got evidence, don't call me. Um, That's not to say we didn't think it was true, but, you know, it's –
0: So colleagues were prepared to dob in fellow colleagues.
1: Um, yeah, it's more about um, uh, kind of administrators dobbing in players, right. things like that, um, uh, when they had, b- had the opportunity to do something about that um, before.
0: You brought Justin Langer in and yeah. all, of, all of a sudden things started to change. Can you take us about before Justin came on board, no doubt you approached him and what the discussions were about Justin coming in and basically shaking the foundations of WA cricket on field.
1: Yeah, so we, um, we'd we had a, a terrible blow-up in South Africa with our team at, at um, uh, the Champions League, as, as it was known That's at the time. That's where
0: Mitch Marsh was implicated. Oh, Sean Marsh, actually. Well,
1: it? To, to be fair, they bore the brunt. Sean and Mitch both bore the brunt of it. But it was the entire... Uh, other than four players who weren't out, they were all involved. Um, but because of Sean's reputation in particular and then Mitch being his brother, people were ready to put them in the gun, um... I wanted to um, just look at it as a whole and understand. Um, We talked to a lot of players during that period. Um, And um, it's funny, I got a text from uh, Mitch when he won the Allen Border medal. I sent him a note going, congratulations, mate, really proud of you. And he wrote back saying... A long way from when I was a naughty boy in your office. <laughs> um, and, he, and he was a kid, he was only 19 or 20. Well, they actually turned 21 on that trip. Um, so it was important. Um, as a result of that trip, we lost our captain and, and eventually our coach. Um, we needed to start again. And it was a, these things to me are always opportunities. It was an opportunity to reset, um, to get someone who really wanted to captain the state and to get a coach who, who really could make a difference. Myself and the high-performance manager, we knew we want, what we wanted to achieve. We knew how we thought we could achieve that. And that's, uh, as has been spoken about a lot, was about understanding the values and the behaviours that go with that and making people accountable and responsible to upholding them. And, um, you know, I'd never... M- I'd met Justin once many years before. I didn't know him. Uh, His name was being talked about quite a lot. I had been warned previously never to appoint him as coach. Um, There were people who had a, um, a bit of a set against him. I think he'd applied previously for the coaching role. But the moment I met him and sat down with him and we talked about what we thought it could be, it only took five minutes before I knew we were on the same page in terms of what we believe is appropriate in terms of behaviour, how we move forward. He's, uh, as we all know, he's a man who looks to be the best he can be. He's, I'm, I'm the same. You know, when you're connected with something, you want it to be at the high point. So uh, getting him involved wasn't hard and the, the board were fully supportive of that. And, um, uh, you know, he came in. I, I'd like to think he learnt a lot in that period as well. Um, uh, but it was... Um, It was a joy having him on board. And then when he left, it was the right time for us to move into another phase. And Adam, vastly different to Justin, but the same good core values.
0: We're talking to Christina Matthews, my special studio guest, the outgoing CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll look about the return of the West Australian cricket team to winning trophies and winning them uh, by the bucket loads, if we can term it that way, particularly in the last three years. Christina, 14 domestic trophies in her 12 years as a CEO. It's just been a, a great era for WA cricket from where it was when she took over. More of Christina Matthews after the break here on Sports Day WA.